Hello and welcome to the YCL Podcast. I'm Dallin Wood. And I'm Stacy Williams. Thanks for joining us for the second episode of the Your Community Link Podcast. On today's episode, we'll learn about genealogy and speak with our very own reference librarian, John Scarden. But before we get to our interview with John, we have a few library events we want to let you know about. So if you've listened to our show before, you probably have been to our website and you know how many resources we have online. Well, we're adding to that family soon. Stacy, uh, what are we getting? Find out what all the Hoopla is about. Hoopla? What is Hoopla? Hoopla is a new digital offering for all of our patrons. Hoopla is an all-in-one media service where you can browse over 700,000 titles. 700,000? Yes, and they come in different formats. We have ebooks, movies, music, you name it. Oh, that, that sounds awesome. I have heard of Hoopla before from other libraries, and I'm really excited to see that we're getting it. Yes, there, there are no holds. There's no waiting. As a cardholder, you can borrow up to three titles per month, so you have to pick and choose wisely. Look through those movies, look through those music albums. and You won't be able to binge, but you'll get some pretty good content. I mean, 700,000 titles in six different formats. That's pretty awesome. Uh, you'll, you can do it on your computer, your tablet, your smartphone. I mean, it's all out there, and it's all free with your library card. And available 24-7. So we thank you for being a loyal library cardholder of the York County Library. And what I really like about Hoopla, no fines. And speaking of no fines and forgiveness, your county library is your community link, and we look forward to celebrating National Library Week with you April 7th through the 13th. During that week, anyone with a York County Library card may have up to $5 of fines waived during the week of April 7th through the 13th. Just wave goodbye to them. And be sure to thank the York County Library Board of Trustees. Remember that Sunday, April 7th through Saturday, April 13th, Fine Amnesty Week. Stacy, how are we going to celebrate the 61st anniversary of National Library Week? Wow, we have so many great events lined up. And for a complete list of events, be sure to visit our events calendar online at yclibrary.org. We'll have the Jolly Lollies Family Concert, Storytime, Cat in the Hat Live, and a special ceremony for the new bookmobile that we're getting. Oh, that's right. Everybody, if you listen to our first episode, you'll remember we interviewed the bookmobile crew. Their new bookmobile is finally coming, and we'll have that ribbon cutting uh, Wednesday, April 10th from 3 to 5. Yes, and that's a free event. We invite everyone to come out and celebrate with us. We will have light refreshments, and there's no registration required for this event. That'll be Wednesday, April 10th from 3 to 5 p.m. I'm looking forward to that. It's about time I got our new bookmobile. I can't wait. All right, and one last thing before we get to our genealogy interview with John. We need to mention a couple of closings here to improve the community's libraries. Yes, we're going to be closed several days throughout the month of April. The main library in Rock Hill will close Monday, April 15th through Sunday, April 21st for the first stage of its HVAC upgrade. We want to thank our patrons in advance for their patience while we bring you a more efficient building and library experience. Now, that is during the week of spring break, so you don't want to forget to check out your library books, but we also want to let you all know that you can visit any one of our other four locations as well as the new bookmobile. And then you can also go online and look at our virtual library. We have so many great resources online. And with your library card, you have access to free ebooks, audiobooks, and movies. I mean, the list goes on. So. Hoopla, Freegal, Music. And it's just the, the main library in Rock Hill that's closed, you know, right off of Black Street here. So our other four locations, Clover, York, Lake Wiley, and Fort Mill, they'll still be open during that week. 
And the week after that, on Friday, April 26th, all YCL locations will be closed for an essential network upgrade. During this time, branch phone lines, internet, and access to online research resources will be down. On Monday, April 29th, Clover, Lake Wiley, and York will also be closed for the same reason, but we will be open after that. We thank you in advance for your patience while we bring the library faster network access. All right, that's the end of our announcements. Uh, so, Stacy, I believe it's time for us to get on with the interview with John. Let's hear some great genealogy. All right. Today we have a special guest with us from the reference department here at the York County Library. Thank you for joining us, John. Thank you, and it's exciting to be here. So, my name is John Scarden. I am part of the reference staff. I am a reference librarian, and I oversee local history and genealogy at the main library. So, John, tell us a little bit about genealogy. Like, what is it? How do you define it? What's your personal definition of genealogy? Well, uh, genealogy is a line of descent traced from an ancestor or a group. It's also the study of one's ancestral lines. But uh, my personal definition, one I like to, to explain it as, is the study of one's heritage, uh, learning about who I am and where my family has come from, just to get a a better understanding of who I am as a person, as all of that can be reflected in learning about your family. Um, and that, that's really the exciting part of it, is learning just more about who I am, what, what makes me special, what makes me me. Yeah, and that's so important. Don't you have a pretty cool story you wanted to share too? Well, I, I hope so. But, <laughs> uh, yeah, my, my grandmother was very much into genealogy. Um, I remember growing up, she would spend hours in her study going over records and yeah. when Ancestry.com came around. She was into that pretty early as well. I wasn't too interested in it at that age, but my uh, younger cousin uh, kind of picked up the mantle since my grandma passed, and she's been carrying that on. That's great, yeah. yeah. In fact, that's how I got interested in genealogy was from uh, taking up the mantle from some of the older generations. Uh, I've been doing genealogy for about 30 years now. Um, I had a great uncle, my grandfather's brother, who was into genealogy, and uh, I would spend time with him and, and learn how he would conduct his research. And um, there would be things that he uh, hadn't discovered yet. So I would go off and, and find some of those things and come back to him and report back to him and tell him about the things that I found. So he oh, would get wow. excited and I would get excited. And that just encouraged me all the more to keep at it. And then after he passed away, I inherited all of his files and his research. And um, I just built it from there and, and learned from there. And that's really how... Uh, it's, it's recommended that you, that you get started uh, with genealogy, any genealogy product, as, if you're a beginner, is by talking with the older generations, um, writing down the things that you already know about your family. Most of us have a pretty good idea of, mm -hmm. of some of the um, names and some information about our immediate families. We know the names of our parents. Uh, we know the names uh, maybe of some of our grandparents. And because some of these older generations are living longer, we might even know some of the names of our great-grandparents. We may have even interacted with these, some of these people personally. So the first step is writing down some of that information that you know yourself already. Okay. Uh, that's on your mind. And, and then talk to some of the older generations of your family. Write down the information that they can share with you, the names that they know and that they remembered growing up and learning about. And like yourself, there may, down there may be people in your family that have already, already done some genealogy that you could build upon and, and, and use as you uh, discover new things. Wow, that's, I mean, that's a lot of information. And, and I think that's wonderful that you 
you consider yourself pretty much your family's historian now. You, it's your responsibility. I've, Is it a lot of pressure keeping up with that information? Or well, I've I've gained that reputation over the years, and mm -hmm. um, um, it can be difficult to to stay organized. That's one of the challenges that a lot of genealogists face: is how to to uh, to keep the information that they have readily available and and organized because it can be overwhelming sometimes. Uh, there are various forms and charts and, and um, methods of keeping things um, uh, handy and, mm -hmm. and well organized. Uh, that's one of the things that um, can be learned um, from genealogy guidebooks and really as you go, you, you develop a system that works for you. And, and okay. So John, my grandmother you know, bore that mantle of, of genealogy for, for years and years. Um, I was never really interested in it until recently. But I know nothing about genealogy or really how to get started. Uh, what, what can I do as someone who's starting to get interested in it? Okay. Well, as I mentioned, that, that first step is, is talking with some family members who have, have uh, remember some of the older names and right. can help you. So um, you, you have some of that written down. You start filling out some charts, and then you start looking at some of the gaps and missing information that you, that you need to learn about. Okay. You establish a uh, or create a research question, a, a goal. Um, let's say you don't know the name of of a great grandparent. The, one of the first and most popular sources to consult is the United States Federal Census. Uh, beginning in 1790, it was uh, uh, taken every 10 years. It's a very popular source for genealogists to begin with because it can give us so many details about uh, our family and a family structure. So I would recommend looking at the census first, uh, and then uh, that will provide you with some names, and some approximate ages of people's births, some birthplaces, give you an uh, indication of where your family may have been living in certain years. And then from there, you look at additional documents like uh, vital records. These would be birth certificates, death certificates, marriage certificates, uh, newspapers. Uh, can give you also uh, interesting information about a family to help fill in some of that backstory. Um, there are various court records where your family might have been recorded in, in various uh, legal transactions, like if they bought or sold land, uh, if they were, um, if they had estates when they died, uh, uh, property that they owned when they died, then that would be part of their estate record. Uh, other things in an estate might be a, a will. Those are all important records to consult. Um, so as you begin doing your research, you start building more and more information based on these sources that you consult. Okay, so it's almost like you're like, like a records detective here. It's the ultimate scavenger hunt because <laughs> you you find one clue and that leads you to another one. Yeah, and uh, that, I think that's that sounds one of the, pretty the fun. Main draws in it really is that it, it's the hunt. Right. Know? Okay. Um, so someone like me, uh, how? Do I have access to the census or vital records or court records? Like, how, how do I know where to go or how should I go about finding out? The first, the first place you should go is visit your local library. Uh, most uh, county or main libraries have a genealogy section as part of their collection. Uh, it might have uh, a variety of genealogical books from the immediate area. Uh, for example, York County has a large collection of York County material, but also uh, uh, South Carolina County material for most of the counties across the state, as well as North Carolina, Virginia, Tennessee, Kentucky, uh, states in New England, uh, mid-Atlantic states. 
most of your Maine or county libraries will also have uh, maybe a, a collection of microfilm that might include their local newspaper, uh, as well as census records on microfilm. Some of these libraries might also have uh, computer databases that you can access, uh, including Ancestry Library Edition, as well as some other genealogical uh, programs and websites. Here at the York County Library, we have Ancestry Library Edition that uh, enables you access to uh, the U.S. Census, as well as uh, vital records, military records, um, some newspapers, uh, just a, a wide variety of collections, uh, all available with your library card at any of our branches. So that would be the first step. All right, so John, as I, as I start doing this, um, what do I need to look out for? What are some common myths I might run into? Because I want to make sure I do oh, this boy. right. <laughs> well, there are a lot of common myths out there. Um, first of all, uh, I think sometimes when whenever we see something in print or online, we we believe that it's true. It's it's written down. It has to be accurate. And that's not always the case. Uh, you have to be careful about the things that you see. Fact check things, as they say. Um, make sure that the information that you might see online, if somebody has compiled a family tree and put it online, uh, double check their work. If there are no citations to the sources that they use to compile that information, that might make it a little bit more suspect, a little less reliable. Um, things that you see in books, just because it's in print, doesn't necessarily mean that it's accurate. Uh, the person that wrote that book may have uh, misread the document that they were transcribing. Uh, if it's a family history book, again, you don't know how well of a researcher that individual was. If there are no citations to the sources that that person used, just be a little careful about looking at things like that. Um, so you really just got to watch out and look, kind look of double-check so work. That that's plays a part that's right. That's right. Doing research. And that, that would definitely come into, come into play, even with my dear, my dearly departed grandmother. She, uh, she believes she tracked our lineage all the way back to the first king of uh, Scotland, King Alpin, mm. which would be fantastic, but I, I don't know anything about genealogy, so I don't know if I can, how, how to even start double-checking her research or work and how we can verify that. Something like that, you'd, you'd really just have to study the information carefully. Look at the, the sources that she used and pick it apart one by one to okay. determine is this something that's, that's still reliable. Information that was available in her time, um, she may have been relying on, on uh, a transcription or an abstract of an original source that to you today can be viewed online. Okay. Whereas to her, she was relying on something that she found in a book. Today, you might be able to find that same document online, and you can be able to compare whether it was a faithful uh, reproduction of that document okay. or okay. not. Um, and sometimes you just have to start over. If, if the research does look questionable, um, unfortunately, sometimes you just have to get back to zero and start over huh. and do that research again. Okay. Another myth... Uh, <laughs> that uh, names were changed at Ellis Island when uh, our ancestors arrived, uh, when they immigrated to the United States. Um, of course, names did change for various reasons, uh, but it was the families doing that themselves. The clerks at Ellis Island didn't, uh, very rarely changed anybody's names. In fact, the lists that they were using were compiled when those people left their countries, not when they arrived. Oh, uh, okay. Most families, if they were going to change their names, did so for various reasons. Maybe they wanted to um, blend into the communities where they were living. They wanted to maybe eliminate some of those ethnic stereotypes that were associated with their last names. 
Maybe they wanted to make those names uh, better pronounceable to their employers or to their uh, new neighbors for a variety of reasons, but it was not um, something that folks at Ellis Island did for them. Okay, so let's say I want to start doing this tomorrow. Where's my, where's my entry point? What, what can I do here at the library? Here at the library. Okay, well, you can come up to the, the second floor. You can come see me, and we'll get you started uh, just writing down some of the names and information that you can remember already about your immediate family. Okay. I'll show you some charts that we can start filling out together, and then we'll jump on Ancestry and, and, and just see what we can find. We'll come up with a, with a plan. Uh, of you know, We'll look over the, the uh, chart that you filled out. We'll, we'll pick something that we, we don't know, we can't answer right away, and we'll try to find the answer on Ancestry, or we'll look through some of the books that we have in our collection, and we can try to find the answer for you. Now, I can't guarantee that the, the uh, question will be answered immediately, but it's start. And sometimes yeah, uh, you'll run into a brick wall, and, and we all have places where our research just goes cold, and uh, you know we just can't go any further. Um, so uh, genealogy, uh, another myth is that it's, it's really easy. Um, no, genealogy is it's serious research, and it requires a lot of patience, um, some dedication, sometimes a little luck. Um, but it's, it's serious research. Um, in fact, a lot of genealogists frown when they are referred to as um, just engaging in a hobby. It's, it's more than yes, a hobby. Yes, it's more, more than just, oh, yeah. um, you, know, um, you know, just something to, to pass the time away. It, it can be addicting, um, and, uh, but it, it, it's serious uh, research. And, and oh, I absolutely takes, believe it. It takes I, some dedication. I remember... I remember all the hours that my grandmother spent in her stu- in, in her study. She was yeah. she be she'd be in there like half the day most days, just going over her records oh, yeah. and such. Yeah, I think a lot of us have stories of of those who have, those of us who have been doing it for a while all have stories of of being on the computer or going over our files, and we'll look up at the clock and it will be three a.m. and <laughs> we don't even realize so that we should have been in, in bed, it. you know, three or four hours ago, right? Yeah. <laughs> Oh, that's that sounds out actually like a lot of fun. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so there's really no time limit on a research project. You can't really. There really isn't. It depends on your research question, what you're trying to find. Sometimes you may spend a year or more trying to answer a specific question. Other times, your your question that you're trying to answer might be uh, the answer might be revealed to you in a short matter of time. Just depends okay. on what sources are available uh, for the the question that, you, that you're trying to answer. Um, I've been working on a brick wall now for several years trying to determine the parents of one of my great-great-grandmothers. Um, there just doesn't seem to be enough information uh, right now available to me to answer that question, and there may not be. Um, that The county that she was a part of is known as a burned county, meaning that there were some record losses there. Um, oh, wow. So some of the information that I may need to answer that question just may not exist anymore. And so um, I either have to, to approach the, um, the question in a different way to maybe solve it, or I may just have to give up and say, that's just not going to be able to be answered, put my efforts elsewhere. Oh, that's unfortunate. I'm sure it involves sometimes traveling to different offices. It sure does. And making a few phone calls to different people that can try to help you with it, that project. It sure does. And that's another myth is that uh, everything's available online. 
Oh, yeah. That's, <laughs> We're so reliant on computers. <laughs> that could be, <laughs> could be further from the truth. Uh, you know, there is a great deal of information online, and more and more is added every day, of course. Um, but, yeah, sometimes you still have to go and visit that courthouse and write to that clerk in the next uh, state over and, and have him or her help you uh, uh, copying some information or, or looking up some information for you. You still have to do some of that legwork. And that's really sometimes where the fun is, is actually visiting uh, yeah. that cemetery and seeing the graves of your ancestors yeah. instead of just seeing a picture online or visiting that courthouse and flipping through the old books and actually seeing your ancestor's signature on a document yeah. um, instead of just seeing uh, a transcription in the book of that same information. So, yeah, it sounds like when you, when you start to do that kind of legwork, you gain a new appreciation for, you know, the things you're going through, people you're looking for. And I can imagine having some touching moments when you do get a response from a clerk in the next state over that's found something you needed. Oh, yes. You know, oh, it's, yes. it's a bonding human experience trying to mm-hmm. navigate uh, mm-hmm. this mystery of your ancestry. That's right. Well, John, can you tell us a little bit about some of the programs that you offer through the library system and just kind of give a give us a glimpse and give our listeners a glimpse of what these programs offer? Sure. And yeah. Yeah. Great. Thank you for asking because we have a lot of programs at the Library for Genealogy. I'm excited to share these. We've, we've got a lot of response over the years with these programs and, and um, I look forward to offering them each month. Uh, first, we have genealogy classes. These are available every month. The first Thursday of each month, I uh, provide a lecture on a different subject related to genealogy. These are uh, at six o'clock at the main library in Rock Hill. Again, it's the first Thursday of each month. So the next class that we're going to be having is on April 4th, and that topic will be on newspapers. So we'll learn about how to locate articles about your family on microfilm and online and learn about what different uh, things newspapers report about uh, your ancestors that might be helpful in your research. So again, that's on April 4th, and uh, I have a a schedule of all the classes for the remainder of the year. Uh, Again, a different topic each time, everything from deed records to wills and uh, uh, African-American genealogy, city directories, church research. Uh, On August 1st, I'll be doing a class on beginning genealogy. So that will be important for those that are just learning how to to do their genealogy. Please join us for that. That will be later in August. But again, on April 4th, newspapers will be the subject. In addition to the classes each month, I have two support groups that meet. Uh, These are groups, uh, small support groups that are of, of individuals of various skill levels. Some are beginners. Some have been doing genealogy for many years. Uh, we uh, sit around a table, we talk about our research, what kind of problems we might be running into, uh, any success stories we'd like to share, and we learn from each other. If somebody's having a problem, the others step in and offer some help. Uh, Sometimes we watch webinars and and read genealogical articles to learn more about the methodology of genealogy research, and we just have a fun time uh, meeting and talking with each other. Um, Those Groups meet on Fridays and Saturdays, once a month. So the Friday group is the second Friday of each month. So the next group, that next time that group will meet is April 12th. And they meet in the afternoons. They meet from 1 to 2.30. Another group meets on Saturdays, and they meet in the morning. They meet the first Saturday of each month. So their next meeting will be on April 6th. 
same format for each meetings, and some of the members attend both classes or both sessions. So uh, sometimes you'll see the same people, but different conversations each time. So each, each group uh, is different in that way. In addition to the classes and the support groups, there are other presentations throughout the month, special presentations, for example, on March 28th, which is also a Thursday at six o'clock at the main library, I'll be doing a lecture on cemetery research for genealogy. We'll be looking at uh, uh, the different types of cemeteries, how to find uh, information on the gravestones, more than just might uh, be recorded than the birth and the death date. Uh, I'm sure some of you have seen all sorts of symbols and things on gravestones. We'll be talking about what those mean. Uh, even the uh, location of where your ancestor was buried in a cemetery can have meaning. Uh, and so we'll be talking about that. We'll be talking about what kind of information you could find online that's available to you, as well as in books on cemeteries. So that will be on March 28th. So that's just a, a just a sample, really, of some of the programs. Wow, that we have. I didn't realize that we had so many genealogy oh, programs. Yeah. <laughs> You're busy. <laughs> Oh, wow. Well, it's a passion, and, and that's one of the reasons why I, well, it is the reason I got into being in the library. Um, yeah. Before I was a librarian, I was a television producer and um, spent a lot of my weekends uh, on my genealogy and found myself uh, becoming more and more interested in that and wanting to do that full time and, and help others with it, and uh, that's why I went back to school and got wow. a master's in library science and and That's awesome. uh, yeah so wow um, and I'm I'm here uh, Monday through Friday uh, nine to six uh, available to help anybody that that walks through the door no appointment is necessary if you need help with your genealogy or have any questions on how to get started or you have a brick wall come up and see me and or, or give us a call and we can help you. So, John, you've, in, you've inspired me to issue myself a personal challenge um, see if I like, to see if I like genealogy. Okay. Um, so I think what I'm going to try and do is find the names of my great-great-grandparents on my mother's side and hopefully my father's side. And we'll see what we can do, and, and I'll, I'll let you know how it goes. That sounds great. Great. Thanks for joining us. You're welcome. Yeah, Thank thanks you. for joining us, John. Thank you for having me. I really had a lot of fun with that interview. Yes, John is really great at what he does, and we're just glad to have him in the reference department, and he does a really great job helping with genealogy programs that we offer here. Um, I look forward to maybe talking with him again soon. Uh, me too, for sure. Well, everybody, it's that time again. Thanks for joining us for this episode of Your Community Link. Again, you'll find different episodes in our podcast feed, including story times and more. If you have any comments, questions, concerns, or suggestions, how can they get a hold of us, Stacey? Just email us at yclpodcast at yclibrary.org. You can also find our email link in the description. Be sure to like and subscribe to our podcast, and everybody have a great day. Thanks for joining us.